0: Well, hello and welcome to another Be Your Own Loud podcast slash live stream slash replay slash whatever that we're doing with all this stuff now. You know, one of the neatest things about being a podcaster is the community. Uh, I can't stress that enough. For, for those of you who aren't podcasting or, or who don't have a, a, a focus like that, you're really missing out on meeting some unbelievable people. And so, our guest today, Richard Kaufman, so I was introduced to him from Eric Allen, uh, who you all probably remember that show. And, and Richard has very fond uh, memories and, and a great relationship with Eric. And Eric was a referral from Kelly Cardenius, who was one of the first people on this show, uh, and that he introduced me to a whole bunch of people. And then once you start seeing is all of these people start kind of bubbling up, and then you get to meet these amazing people like our guests today. So here's the background very quickly on Richard. So I was very, very honored to be on his show. He runs uh, one of the number one veteran uh, Veterpreneur podcast period uh, so it's focused on veterans and first responders it is called vertical momentum uh, he does a whole bunch of wonderful nonprofit stuff which we're going to talk about today but first off Richard, welcome
1: to the show oh thank you for having me and come on you you mentioned Eric's name and then you mentioned me you know that's kind of like <laughs> saying okay, well there's Derek Jeter and then there's <laughs> me with my old my old glove in the, and and I like, I I totally
0: disagree with you on that, man. You guys are you guys are peers in this, and uh, your guys' interviewing uh, ability, your passion for what you do, I think you guys are on par, and I'm truly honored t- to know both of you. But let's get our audience an opportunity, Richard, to-, to get to know who you are. So tell us your story, man.
1: All right. I'm going to give you guys a quick down and dirty, and then we can just, you know, I come from, I come from a military, you know, 23 years in the military. And usually we could do a quick synopsis in five, 10 minutes. Uh, just a quick down and dirty about me. Um, I grew up in New Jersey. Uh, my father left when I was three months old. My mother was an addict, uh, but she was a, a working addict. So she was also a nurse. So she worked a lot, on uh, weekends, holidays. We all know that system. And uh, so I was left to my own devices a lot. And we moved around a lot. So I went to like seven... Eight different schools before I hit high school. Um, I had my first drink at twelve. Full blown alcoholic by the age of thirteen. Uh, got kicked out of high school for hitting a teacher with a desk. Um, they don't. They frown upon that in that establishment. <laughs> uh, so I decided, you know, I'll join the military. Uh, it's either jail or the military. Somehow I joined the military and went to jail at the same time. Uh, so. I got in a lot of trouble in the military, stayed in two and a half years. Um, eventually I got into so much trouble that uncle Sam decided he didn't want me as his nephew anymore Ooh. and booted my ass out. Um, got, got into some trouble, got locked up, almost went to jail. And then we'll get into this a little bit in the story. Uh, but the guy that I actually robbed uh, was a police officer. Duh. Oh. And, uh, but he said, you know what, Rich, you're 20 years old. You know, back then I was good looking back then. <laughs> He's like, you know, if you go to jail, you're going to be somebody's bitch. Ooh. So I'm going to give you a chance. You need to get my money back in 24 hours, which we I begged, borrowed. Didn't steal, but I did beg and borrow. Um, got the money back. But he said, you got to go to 90 meetings in AA, 90 days. Oh. I hit something like 300 meetings in a row. I uh, haven't had a drink since January 1st, 1989. So I got—I thir- just hit 33 years clean and sober. Um, but the day I go about to get arrested, my uncle that bailed me out made a snide remark. He said, you know what? I knew you could never make it as a military man. You don't have what it takes. And it just ate at me. I mean, I don't know what it was. It just ate at me. Um, it ate at me for like a year. And then I got back into the military, which is pretty much unheard of. Yeah. And then getting back in. So I joined uh, the National Guard, got back in, still had an attitude, uh, wasn't drinking, was just an asshole. And uh, moved to South Carolina, got in a lot of trouble again. Uh, They were due to they were due to chapter me out, throw me out for the second time. Um, at the end of September 2001. But um, because of what happened in the morning of mm-hmm. September of 11th, 2001, and I'm sure we'll get into that, was a to- it totally changed my life. It changed my whole perspective on everything. And I wasn't the same person when I went to bed that night that I was, that I woke up that day. Got, uh, I begged my company commander to keep me. I said, please keep me. He heard all my bullshit before, but he said he's yeah. seen something different in me. They decided to keep me, thank God. Um, I and Within three years, I became a non-commissioned officer. I became soldier of the year. Ooh. And um, I, I, I really excelled. I I became the ultimate soldier. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to New Jersey, joined the New Jersey National Guard. And on my first annual training going to fort dix um i was backing up a vehicle that broke down and it ran over me it uh ran over my head ran over my body caused me to have an ocular stroke uh that's why i'm blind in my left eye and uh and obviously the military you can't see you can't shoot, uh, we don't need to. Yeah. so after a year and a half uh they they, met, they medically discharged me on Memorial Day 2012. Um, that was the day that I attempted suicide. Oh. Um, and thank God it didn't work out. But, look, well, I'm sure we'll talk about that later. But during this whole time, it is, it's called the Warrior Transition Unit. Mm-hmm. And um, you sit there basically for one weekend a month, just sit there doing nothing. So I decided, you know, I, I wanted to start self-improvement. So, I started reading self improvement books. I uh, kept hearing this guy's name, Gary Vaynerchuk, hearing him, hearing his voice. I'm like, I, I got to know who he is. Looked him up, find out his father has a liquor store 20 minutes from my house. Oh. So, you know, my, sometimes my wife says, you know, I got my balls are bigger than my brains. So, <laughs> I, I called up, and I said, Hey, when's Gary going to be there? He's like, Tuesday. I was like, Okay. So, I went there and I actually got to meet and, and have lunch with him and t- chat with him for a while. And after that is when the whole podcast thing started, the book happened. And that's how the whole comeback coach thing started. And that's what led up to what I'm doing today. So that's my boring story. I hope. All I-
0: right. No. I- and, and yeah, I've got to unpack a lot of that, Rich. So so here's, here's my first question for you. Um, why were you so angry? Why? Why? when you were misbehaving, there's always a root cause for that uh, behavior. Why, why were you so angry? Why were you such a dick? Why was that who you allowed yourself to be?
1: Well, you know, for me, like um, my mother, I don't know if you've ever read a book by Robert Kiyosaki called Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, my mother had a sister and she was the rich sister and we were the poor sister and um, you know, I was the black sheep, you know, the, the other, um, my, my cousins, which I truly love and adore today, were they were becoming successful business owners going to school to be doctors. And here I am a ninth grade dropout. So I figured, listen, if I'm going to be the black sheep, I'm going to be the blackest sheep. Sure. And you know, that's, and when I had my first taste of alcohol that day, like the that wasn't the normal, you know, the normal Richard was the guy that was getting beat up was the guy that was getting picked on. But when I had that first drink is when I became Rick and I became the asshole and I it, it helped me become somebody that I wasn't, you know what I'm trying to say?
0: I do. I do. That's interesting that, that because what you were doing was you're comparing yourself to somebody that was within your circle, but a little bit outside your circle, when did you, when you had that epiphany, whether that was September 11th or when you won soldier of the year, when you hit these milestones, even with your inner, in, inner and coming back from all of that, um, when did you realize that, that being that person wasn't who you wanted to be? And then how did you start? Cause you're the comeback coach, right? So how did you then make the comeback?
1: All right. So this is how, this is how it broke down. Um, and I want you guys to picture this. I'm sitting on my couch and you know, the morning, and if you guys don't know like where I'm sitting right now, if I go sit on my front porch, I can overlook where the twin towers once stood. Oh, wow. And, um, we knew people that were in the buildings that day. And so I'm watching this and what as it, Oh crap. And as it all, I, I'm, <laughs> wow. I'm too excited here. Let me know. <laughs> let me You're know. still good. You're still good. I'm over, okay guys, I'm sober. <laughs> so uh what happened was um you know as we, this is all unfurling, you know, as the, the not the um, everything happened,
0: you know, it was
1: all live. There was no editing. Right. And the, you know you were, you were hearing bodies crash, you were you know you were seeing bodies being pulled out of the Pentagon. And here I am on the on the right side of the TV is all my shit that I got to turn in. Cause I'm being thrown out again for the second time. And it really hit me that there were people that went to work that day that were not coming home to their kids Mm -hmm. and they made the ultimate sacrifice. And that's when I actually broke down literally. And I put that in my book, broke down into my couch and I cried out to the Lord. I said, Lord, please give me a chance. I want to be there for people that can't be there for themselves. And that's when I think the change really happened. But the big difference was, um, you know, sometimes we have epiphanies, but if we don't act upon those epiphanies, it doesn't mean crap. So so how
0: do you help with that, though? How do you help when when you help? Um, facilitate an epiphany with, with the people who uh, have either read your book or who hire you, who you have coached, how do you help them implement and maintain that momentum from that epiphany? Cause you successfully did that. And, and as you were probably about to say, that's not normal. Like a lot of people have epiphanies and then they're like, meh, but you took it to the next step. How do you help people take it to that next step? Well, and what did you do for yourself?
1: Well, after I begged my first sergeant, my company commander to keep me, Uh, which I'm actually, I'm still friends with both of them today, uh, which is amazing Um, after they wanted to throw me out all those times. Um, But I got to drill two hours early and I I decided my way is not working. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to start watching and lurking and finding out what the people that are successful are doing because success leaves clues. You know, even in my podcasting career, I have, you know, people that I'm, I'm, I'm modeling after. We'll talk about that later. But mm-hmm. I decided to get there two hours earlier. And I noticed that the people that were the most successful got there two hours earlier. Mm. They, two hours later, took correspondence courses and volunteered for everything while everybody else hid. And that's what I did. I just decided to become, again, I wanted to become the ultimate soldier. So I wanted to do, you know, I didn't want to care what the E1s and E4s were doing. I want to know what's the E7 and E8, what are they doing different than I'm not doing? So I just started following like a puppy dog. I'm sure I pissed them off a lot. You know, because here I am following all behind, you know, can I get your papers? What do you need? But eventually they started saying, wait a minute, there's something different about him now. Let's let him into the inner circle. That's how um, it all started.
0: When I was in the Navy, they used to say that Navy, uh, stands for never again, volunteer yourself. Uh, and, um, I took the tack that you took, right. Which was, I volunteered for freaking everything because I wanted to have the, I wanted to take that opportunity to learn as much as I could. And, and Richard, I don't think people really understand. And I, I call it, there's two traits that I just heard there, uh, which was you became humble, And then you became curious, right? And I don't believe that you can truly become curious and and live your life as a curious person without a level of humility. And you got your butt kicked many, many times. uh, Both you did it to yourself and other people did it to you. Let's talk about that curiosity because... Because of the curiosity of you following around the e seven e eights, all of the different you know uh, higher ups, upper management uh, within the military, you learned a lot in order to be successful. How did you translate that into delivering that sort of level of guidance to people who hire you and who you want, who want you to help them take their whatever to the next level?
1: Well, I mean, unfortunately, I had to, like you said, I had to take my licks. Um, like I put out a post this morning in 1986, I was cured of racism um, and that's all in my book. But like I said, I had to take a couple of ass kickings. Um, but sometimes I find that, you know, like for me, once I became an NCO or non-commissioned officer, mm-hmm. um, I believed in an NCO creed. I believed in taking care of my guys. Um, so that's where I started putting people above me where my you know as of the morning of September eleventh prior to at nine o'clock in the morning the whole world owed me a living. You know oh. after nine ten I owed the world. Okay. So I it, think it, it it changed the whole perspective. And and sometimes I just had to you know figure out, you know, for me, like I said, I only had a ninth grade education. So for me it was a little bit harder. Because, you know, they would talk about, you know, certain things in, in college and sports. I mean, uh, and, you know, uh, math. And I'd be like, yeah, I think I was out for that year. Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I don't think I was there that year. Uh, so I had to, uh, there was a big learning curve that I, I'm still learning. You know, I'm still behind. But, you know, sometimes, you just, like you said, you just have to be humble and you got to be teachable
0: you know, I'm always behind too. Uh, And I don't know if it's because of uh, self-esteem issues that I continuously put myself behind. But, you know, somebody told me a long time ago, Matt, you never want to be the smartest person in any room that you're in. (laughs) And I'm never the smartest person in any of the rooms, uh, which I believe gives me so much of an advantage, which you talk about in the book. So I want to switch gears a little bit and talk about the book. Um, So let's talk about Tell us about the book. Where people can get the book, and why was that so important for you to write that for your own personal growth and development? And then, in turn, what do you want people to glean from the book?
1: Well, first, um, the book. Uh, you're, you're about we're about the same age. Mm-hmm. Um, I was very honored. Um, everybody, you know, for me, for the original Superman was Steve Reeves, and um, yeah. His opening quote is the opening to my book. Oh. I actually got that permission from his wife before she passed. Um, so if you guys love quotes about, you know, coming back, definitely check out the quote. It's the opening quote of the book. But the book was about, because I was on a friend of mine's podcast, his name is Donnie Boyman of the Success Champions, and I was telling him my story. And, you know, I, I was – and because during this whole time, I was still – I was with general nutrition center for over 30 years. So I was in the health and fitness industry, you know, working with guys from NFL, major league baseball, WWE, NBA. So I was trying to talk about my front story, but he kept going back to my backstory. He said, God, you know, Richie, like, there's so many people that are in the health and fitness industry, but there's not many people that have been all the shit that you've been through. Yeah. He said, so you need to write a book. And I'm like, what do you mean hmm. write a book? And he's like, you know, a lot of people are ashamed of things that happened in their life. And I started to feel the same way. And then I was talking to somebody. I don't remember who it was. I wish I did. They said, I want you to go back and watch the movie Eight Mile. with (laughs) And I want you to watch the last two minutes and then call me back. So I did. And I'm like, all right, I watched it. I'm like, now, what what do you want? He's like, I want you to put a book out there for all the dirty shit you've ever done. Mm -hmm. This way, nobody can ever say anything bad about you again. And people can learn from your mistakes. And so that's what I did. I mean, if you read my book and I tell everybody uh it, it's it sounds like a third grader with autism wrote it because it's the way I speak. Mm-hmm. Um, it was not you know everything. I actually had to write it down on yellow paper and put it in the computer so if it's, if it doesn't if it doesn't sound like it has much edit, editing it doesn't because I want it to sound like me. Um, yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that write books, like my friend Steve Sims wrote a book. And when he first wrote it, his wife, because he had it, somebody write it for him, mm-hmm. she she looked at it and said, Steve, you can't put this out. He said, oh. why? Because it's shit. Yeah. It doesn't sound like you. And people are not going to believe it. So he had. that's when he put out the Bluefish book. But, you know, my book, is it sounds exactly like I'm talking right now. It tells my story, but at at the end of every chapter is a teaching point. Mm -hmm. At the end, the last two chapters are what depression looks like and not what you think it looks like, and what addiction looks like and not what you think it looks like. So it's a very teachable book. It's called A Hero's Journey from Darkness to Light. It's on Amazon Kindle. It hit number one twice.
0: Yay! And
1: all of my proceeds, 100%, go to help veterans that are struggling with mental health and homelessness. I don't make any money off of it. Mm-hmm. but that, the reason why I put it out there is for that reason, then I also, you know, we all know that we're all going to die someday. And, you know, I want my daughter to be able to, you know, read that book and read it to my grandkids. So I told, mm-hmm. you know, this was what grandpa was about, this is what daddy was about. You know, this is how he turned his life over and how he, he impacted people's lives and how he's, how his legacy is
0: now today. Where do people start? So, so it's interesting. Uh, some of the people that we've had on the show have not had that life changing experience that actually changed them, right? What happened a lot of times is it reaffirmed who they were, but for you, it was this really big transition. When somebody is going through that transition, Rich, where, where, where do they begin? Where, where, what are some of the questions you might ask? Or how do you help maintain that momentum with your people so that they see this transition through to the end?
1: Well, you know, everybody talks about, like, I'm reading a book right now. As you, as you guys know, like I said, I'm only in ninth grade education, but I've read over 5,000 books hmm. and like nine books going at all time. And I'm reading a book about presence and they talk about how, um, you know, that elevator pitch, how important it is in business and life. My elevator pitch pitch pitches, um, are you sick and tired of being sick and tired? Yeah. And if you're not sick and tired of being sick and tired, I can't help you. Yeah. You know, if, if you're, you know, if, if you like wallowing in your own poop, yes, it's warm, it smells, but it's, but it's yours. It's
0: yours. It's
1: yours. then, Then I can't help you but if you're sick and tired of being sick and tired and you're like, all right, you know what? The pain of not changing is, is more than the pain of changing. Then I can help you. Okay. You know, and, and for me, it's just getting, getting down and, and being real with people, you know, like veterans, like we know, like I said, that when we talk, you know, we can be at a diner, meet each other for five minutes and we talk about our deepest, darkest secrets. Yeah, absolutely. You know, so I think just for me, it's just getting down Deep and getting honest with somebody and saying, you know, because you ask somebody? Hey, bro, you know, how are you doing? What's the uh, answer is? I'm doing good. I'm all right. I'm good. But then, you know, ask second and third level questions. How are you really doing? And I think that's what makes me a little bit different because I actually, you know, like Zig Ziglar says, you know, uh, people don't know how much you care, you know, until they, you know, people don't care how much you don't. They don't know how much you care. Right. You care about people for me, it just, people just open up to me, you know, they call me the male Oprah. So I guess that's good for me. You know,
0: that's a great compliment, dude. That's, that's absolutely awesome. I love, there's a, there's an organization called it's okay, not to be okay. And, uh, they're really big in, uh, mental health and also in veteran circles. Um, and it, it, I, I felt that with you the first time we met one that you were, um, You came to the conversation without any preconceived notions, no judgment, because not to be mean, but who are you to judge? Right. Yeah. You know, and by the way, uh, you know, some of the greatest people that I've ever walked this planet have been very specific about not being judgmental. And, um, you know, when I was on your show, I loved the line of questions that you had. And i loved love that you asked this question and then you went to here and then you went to here and, and it all gave me a safe space to truly communicate who I am and, and what I wanted to communicate to your audience. And so let's talk about your podcast. You've done a bunch of podcasts. You are really experienced with it. Um, why did you even begin doing the podcast and kind of what is the end game for you when you would say, Hey, it was a success or it is a success. What, what do you have to hit? What are the milestones or what do you want to be able to do with that show?
1: Okay, well, I am the accidental podcaster, by the way. <laughs> I started the podcast when I was working with GNC. I was running a million-dollar company, and they would people would always send me products to try. So I, mm-hmm. I just started doing, you know, product reviews. Mm-hmm. Be like, you know, hey, yeah, this product was great. It tasted like ass. <laughs> um, you know, you know, this product gave me energy. You know, this product didn't do shit for me. Mm-hmm. And then, mm-hmm. um, as uh, on my birthday, 2012. I blew out my retina. And um, so I went 80% blind. And and we were talking, as we were just talking about a minute ago, for a while I was wallowing in my old shit, and, you know, and I'm feeling sorry for myself. And then, you know, my friends, which I call my amigos, there's like five of us, um, they all said, hey, bro, uh, aren't you to come back, coach? Uh, time for you to come back. Yeah. And I couldn't work. I couldn't physically go to work. So I had to start thinking, what can I do to start being, re- start become relevant again and start uh, helping people? So I started getting down on myself. And then I listened to a podcast and it was about a guy. He, he was, uh, and I had him on my show the next week. He was a quadruple amputee and he's skiing in Aspen with his family. And here I am sitting on my couch eating bonbons, getting fat, dumb and happy. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, all right, if this guy could do this, I want to do this. So I invited him to come on the show and we talked about it and he gave me some more inspiration. And then he told me, well, you know, I got this friend and then I got this friend. And then now it just became a whole, a whole thing to where now we have like, think like 380 episodes. Mm-hmm. Now I'm a low tech redneck. I want everybody to know I'm, I'm a low tech redneck. So I didn't realize that in order for your show to be popular, you need to be on iTunes.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So I had 280 episodes and it wasn't on iTunes. Oh. And, and they wouldn't let it on iTunes because I had such a big back catalog. Mm-hmm. So I had to start a new podcast. And now this one, I think we're like 118 episodes in. So now the new podcast is on Apple. It's everywhere. And uh, it's it's fun. I've, I've had great people on like yourself, like, um, you know, Eric, uh, John Lee Dumas. You know, I had some heavy hitters. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for me, it's, you know, like I said, I'm only a ninth grade dropout. But I'm getting a, a Ph.D. in business yeah. every day because I can, you know, instead of saying I'm going to pay a thousand dollars for John Lee's course, how about I invite John Leon and ask him
0: whatever the hell I want to ask him? Well, isn't it amazing how how much, how much many times they say yes? Uh, we, we kind of talked about this before because you were going through your client list or, or not client list, your, your podcast guest list. And uh, there are big names. You guys, when you subscribe to, to his podcast, you're going to see. I mean, he's got some unbelievable people. And it was because you had the the cojones to ask right and not everybody said yes but enough people said yes where you were able to start making those connections
1: but now i have to say i want to say something you know real quick um i always lead with value mm-hmm. um now like when i went and talked to john lee dumas he has a million listeners a month he makes one hundred fifty thousand dollars a month off his podcast wow I, the reason I related to him, he was an ex tank commander. Oh, he lost soldiers in Iraq. Mm-hmm. So we actually talked about that on the podcast, which nobody ever talked to him about. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I, when I went to him, I said, Listen, John, I want to help promote your show to my people. It's about you. I, I don't care about me. So, me, I'm, I always lead with value first. I mm-hmm. always, you know, if I just say, Hey, Hey guys, you know if I ever, if I if I t- you know message you one day say, "Hey bro, you know, I got one of the top-rated podcasts with over 160,000 downloads. You want to be on the show?" You'd probably be like, "What an asshole." But you know, but if I'd be like, "Hey, you know, I see your podcast is doing real real well. Mm-hmm. I would love for you to come on so we can have my audience start listening to your podcast." Sure. You would be more more willing because you because you're leading with value mm-hmm. and you know the more, you know, like Gary Vaynerchuk says, you know, something I, I believe in. If you promote your friends 10 times more than you promote yourself, you never got to promote yourself.
0: You never. And, and they love you for it. And they're going to continue to introduce you to wonderful people. And that's the community that I know that you are so ingrained in. It's, hey, listen, come, come on my show. If I can add value to your show, I'd love to have the opportunity to do that. And, and that's the difference. It, that doesn't happen in television. That doesn't happen with, uh, sometimes it happens with musicians. But for some reason, this medium is so passionate about the medium that you. Uh, it's unbelievable to people that will say yes to be on your show because if they know that in your heart uh, that you believe in podcasting and that you want to ask the right questions and have real conversations. Um, I remember I interviewed somebody a little while ago. And, um, he was giving me really crummy answers. Right. And, and I was like, why is he giving me such crummy answers? And this is live. Right. And I'm thinking to myself, I'm asking him really crummy questions. And so I, I, I pivoted really hard, like 12 minutes into the show and he, he paused and he goes, okay, so now we're, now we're where we need to be rich man, that changed everything for me. Like I was just like, Oh my God, I was, it's like, I was phoning it in. I wasn't being as present as I needed to be. And I think that that's one of the gifts that you can give yourself when you podcast is really truly trying to be in the moment. And, and with that, you know, because you saw all of the preparation stuff that we do for our shows and all of that, I still always am concerned that I didn't ask the right question. So my last question to you for today is what should I have asked you that I didn't?
1: And this is something I even forgot. to. And I normally, I always do. I always ask the person to, um, because I always wear a hat now. It's not because I'm bold, obviously. Um, but if, if somebody says that I'm not allowed to wear their hat, I will not come on the show whatsoever. Oh, and I've actually been offered a top five, podcast in the world and I said no because they wanted me in a suit and a tie without the hat and it's not because like I said not because I'm bald it doesn't matter what hat I'm wearing what happened was about six years ago when I started doing what I was doing I took my bride out on a dinner date and guys if you're married make sure you date your wife because another man will <laughs> yeah. so just throwing that out there uh, <laughs> we went out for dinner and we went to go see the movie American Sniper mm-hmm and that movie really, really touched me and I sat there crying, um, at the end. So as soon as I got home, I got in touch with Chris's wife and, um, I said from now on, whenever I go on a show or whenever I, uh, I'm on a podcast or stage, I'm going to wear a hat in honor of Chris. Mm. And it's not just because he was the greatest sniper of all time, but because he gave his life Helping another soldier struggling with PTSD, yeah. and the reason why I bring that up, I want to bring that up, is that there's people like myself, there's people like you, there's people like Eric, that are willing to take the arrows for you until you can get strong enough. Yeah. So that's the only reason why I bring that up. And um, thank you for asking that question. And and you know, it's always about stepping in the gap, and you know, taking the arrows for somebody until they're strong enough to get up. Because you know, nobody can ever tell somebody to get out of the perfect storm unless they've been in. So I think that's what makes us different. Me, you, Eric, you know, uh, Zach Babcock, you know, that's what makes us different than everybody else because we've been there, done that, and threw the T-shirt away. Yeah. Yeah
0: thrown many of those t-shirts away, my friend. All right. So I'm sure that there are people who are going to want to reach out to you. What is the best way for them to reach out to you, connect with you, consume your stuff? Let's talk about your podcast. Let's talk about your book. Let's talk about your coaching program. Where can they reach out to you?
1: Oh, well, one thing that Gary Vaynerchuk taught me, he said, I want you to, Because I told him, I said, listen, I'm not walking out of here without a golden nugget. You're going to have to give me something. <laughs> and he says, I want you to make yourself a hashtag. And I was like, what? Oh. He says, I, every time you You post something, I want you to hashtag the comeback coach. This way, if anybody wants to find anything that you're doing, all I gotta do is go to their toolbar, type in the comeback coach, and it'll come up on everything you've ever done and it's all free. Because people love free. And and you know, instead of people having to search for you for this way, that way, if they just type in the hashtag the comeback coach or vertical momentum, I'm all over Google. I think I'm over like the first three pages of Google with vertical momentum. So they could find me there also.
0: Well, I want to thank you very much for everything that you've done, not just for your current clients, but also what you've done for our country. I want to thank you so much for giving so much of yourself to our fellow veterans. They come home. Nobody seems to care after they come home, except for those of us who've been there. Uh, So I want to thank you for that. And finally, just as a listener, I want you to consider... If you haven't been through everything that Richard just shared, but you're still wallowing in that crap and you're so tired of the smell and you're so tired of of the lack of change and you're so tired of all of that stuff, start consuming Rich's stuff, all right? Because hopefully there'll be something in there, uh, which I have found in his stuff for my own personal growth and development that should just get you to take that first step. And as Richard remembers, you know, coming back from from his injuries, coming back from addiction, it's all about that first step. And if you can take that first step, the second step is easier and the third step is easier. And, and I believe that Richard can be one of those people that can help you take that first step. So Richard, thank you very much for being on the show. We're going to make sure that we have all of your links in our show notes and everything so that everybody can, can can contact you. Uh, hashtag the Comeback Coach. Make sure that you take a look at that uh, through your search engine and on all social media. You'll be able to connect with Richard. And Richard, thank you for everything that you do. And thanks
1: for being a great guest. Thank you, brother. God bless you. And thank you for your friendship.
0: Thank you for joining us today. We hope you've learned something new that will help you be your own loud and rise above the noise in your vertical of expertise. At Proudmouth, we help you sell less and advise more by amplifying your influence over a growing audience of magnetically attracted fans who will chase you down instead. When people opt into your thought leadership, the sales process changes from hard selling to people buying from you. Isn't that what you want? If you want to know more about how this process works, please visit us at proudmouth.com or join our free PodRocket Online Academy at proudmouth.com forward slash academy. Thanks, and we'll see you soon.